But it's funny seeing how different Tom Brady is now that he's away from the Patriots, though. That's probably the true Tom Brady what we're seeing, and uh, yeah. Daddy Belichick was had him under his thumb, and now he can flap his wings and be free, which is he can be free to go be five and eleven. That's that's fun. Fun. Do what you want, man. I don't. Yeah. I I've moved on. He's like going out of his way to make up for twenty years of not being able to say whatever he wanted. Yeah. Which is ridiculous because he could have said whatever he wanted. Just don't be an a hole. And it's just I don't know his whole. His whole attitude now is like, almost like, woe is me. I was held down by the Patriots. I can't. And it's like, oh, I couldn't be myself. Oh, sorry, dude. Yeah, our bad. We thought you wanted to win. And you're a part of, I don't know, the most successful sports franchise of the past 20 years. We're all going to feel real sorry for you. And like I said, good, good luck Good luck underthrowing Mike Evans by 20 yards. And yes, folks, that is bitterness. And no, I don't care. It's also good that I didn't lose you during the... Uh, the lead up to like last time yeah yeah i was just talking i kept just talking to you like you were there and i wasn't because you know i don't i don't know well, me good. and the people were having a, a good conversation i'm good 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 i'm i was, I, I was saying that you made it you had a, the, the camera was frozen then you're making a real goofy face and i was laughing at it i am sure you were i was I'm sure if anyone else was watching it that oh uh, i mean if we had video capability to go out i would have shown everybody yeah it would have been awesome but, except for me because i was well, that wasn't really my concern at that point uh, i know i understand we're entertain them i, I mean if you can understand. why not yeah that's fair especially that's at your expense I, I am i am here to entertain as best i can well if that's the case we should probably do a show correct all right What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I am Chris. I'm Ben. We are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and random happenings from around the world of sports. Kind of a, a mixed bag for you here today. As usual, we actually have some NHL news, believe it or not. They have attempted to make a plan to restart play. The keyword there is attempted. Yep. The NBA is a little farther along in their discussions, and they seem to... Uh, well, the NBA might be going to Disney World. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, unfortunate news. Uh, veteran coach and Hall of Famer Jerry Sloan passed away a few days ago. We'll say a few words about him. And a little something else on a uh, potential future episode of Sports Court. But first, Mets starting pitcher Noah Syndergaard is apparently suing his landlord in Manhattan because he signed a lease because he thought he would be you know, playing for the Mets all all spring and summer and into the fall. I mean, it's the Mets, so we know not we know not the late fall and winter. Let's be honest. Uh, I kid. You never know. They have a good pitching staff. But he had to bat because of Tommy John surgery, which would obviously make you know keep him from playing all season. Yeah. And just to, obviously the the, the COVID nineteen stuff we had, that's been going on and, and lockdowns and quarantines, he ended up just staying in Florida, and apparently. His landlord uh, was not very happy with that because he would not be coming to Manhattan to stay in this place. And suing him? You know a little bit more about this. You, you brought this to me, Ben, so why don't you, why don't you fill us in? I would have given him time to find a proper suitor to take the spot. And yet, he's still... Noah's still getting sued. So I believe he's counter-suing... And he uh, he wrote a nice little IG post, um, kind of generalizing it. I'm not going to go into it. So he ended it with, uh, see you in court, pal. So I would say he does he does intimate that the landlord is trying to extort him for 250 Yeah, that was my problem with it. That's a total dramatic. I, that's, that's a little over the top. And, and he's putting himself out there. He didn't probably didn't need to go to the extent of of offering the two two months of fifty k, but I was a nice gesture, I would think. Um, I think the courts, a when they hear this, because we don't know when they'll hear it, 
might lean with him just because you have to understand the atmosphere, what's going on. It's not like Noah Syndergaard did it on purpose. He wasn't vindictive of any in any sort to do this to this landlord. It just, this is what happened. He wasn't going to play, it didn't look like he was going to play baseball with the Mets this this year. Regardless of the Tommy John or not, the COVID-19 situation happened. So there was no point for him to sit there and shell out 25k per month for however many months until they started play because now we're we're looking at it they might not even play at New York they might play one of the um in in the in the Florida or and or Arizona or Vegas so this guy lucky for him his name's not out there yet but this guy looks like total garbage well, I don't know about all that. I mean, I, I think Syndergaard's playing to the emotional side of it right now because the first things he made sure he brought up were, but I had surgery, and uh, I, I can't because of the, the, the COVID-19 pandemic. I can't even, I can't be there because of that. Look, and all that, that's fine and dandy and understandable, but this comes down to the point of when did you know you were injured? When did you sign the lease? Uh, I mean, he had Tommy John surgery, before all this COVID stuff got to the point where it's at now. So he can't use that as an excuse because he already wasn't going to be playing all year when when all this stuff broke out. I do agree there should be some kind of settlement. I get that because here's the thing. Noah Syndergaard signed the lease. Right. And I do understand things happen. Now, if he had signed this lease to move in the following month and then the next day everything went on lockdown and quarantine because of COVID... I understand him going, well, why am I going to go there then? It's, it's not safe for me. So that I understand. If he was already injured when he signed this lease, didn't know the severity of it, that's not the landlord's fault. And it is a, you can say it's a gesture of good faith to give the $54,000 because it's $27,000 a month rent. But here's where he's going to have a problem with that. If you can afford $27,000 a month for rent, you're not going to get a whole lot of uh, whole lot of people feeling sorry for you. And I, I only go back to this. When I bought my house, I still had six months on a lease at an apartment. A couple, probably a couple cities over. I went to them and I said, look, I, I would like to... I had somebody else living with me at the time. I had to either try to find somebody to take over the, uh, the lease for me, my half of the lease, for that six-month period, or I had to pay the mortgage and the lease. Now, I don't have the money Noah Syndergaard has. Or, I mean, judging by the way he pitches, will have, because if that guy comes back from Tommy John stronger than ever, he's going to get a massive contract, which has no bearing on this at all. Just He's a hell of a player. But there was no... There were no, there's no tears for your everyday person. That was just a situation where I didn't have a team of lawyers who said, we're going to get you out of this contract you signed, even though you knew you were injured, even though you have the money, even though you're using this COVID as an excuse because this all broke out after the fact. All of a sudden, we're all supposed to feel bad for you. I didn't have that. Thousands of people a day who need to get a leases don't have that. When you moved out of your last apartment, you didn't have that. No, I I don't criti- I, I'm not faulting. I'm not saying like Noah Syndergaard's a horrible person for this. Like I understand him trying to get out of it and not pay the two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I hundred percent get that. And I don't blame him because I would too if I were him. But I really can't cry the guy at river when he knew he was hurt, signed the lease anyways, and then after the fact wants to play the sympathy card. To me, it's kind of a case of uh, which rich person is going to make you feel sorry for them first. And I really don't have any kind of time to, to – I mean, we'll talk about it because we're, you know, we are a sports podcast and it is, it is an interesting subject. But I think you're going to be hard-pressed for people to go, oh, poor Noah. Poor, poor Noah. He's going to have to pay for his beautiful Manhattan penthouse – that he couldn't stay at because he gets to stay in his palatial Florida mansion. Poor guy. Oh, 
I mean, apparently, the uh, landlord put the story out there first, not him. Yeah. No, I'm not faulting, though. I don't have anything against the guy. Like I said, he's a hell of a player. So, so he is just defending his point because this landlord is putting a narrative out that, and I don't see where he put the narrative out, so I don't know where the story first was generated from, but... I just, yeah, I, I get what you're saying on all that. And, yeah, I wasn't able, I had to pay the last month of my lease before I, even though I was moving out way beforehand, I didn't give them enough notice. So, yeah, I had to eat it, and I, I moved on because I was able to pay it. But I just I just think this could have been litigated off the radar. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I'm only going to side with Noah because apparently the the story got leaked from the other side, right. not Noah's side, and he's trying to help him out. Apparently, it was supposed to be from um, from March to November was the lease agreement, and the guy wanted his full amount of money. But the thing is, the thing is, the problem I have with the landlord is. If he was going to get 50k from him to cover the two months, and then he could have leased it out to somebody, then he would have made, he would have made his money. Sure, but he didn't want to do that because he wasn't sure if he was going to get someone to come in that month. Fine, but you look bad if you're leaking this story out because maybe you guys could have sat down, like intelligent grown-ups, and say, look. You're, you're saying because of this the, the coronavirus that you have to stay in Florida. Well, because of the virus, I'm now not going to be able to lease this, I don't know, June, July. We need to come to an understanding of how much you should have to pay because you're breaking the lease. And maybe there's language in there. But the language, I guarantee the language is not going to have... A pandemic um, reference or small writing, whatever you want to call it, in it. And if the landlord and Noah want to take it to court, then take it to court. But geez, you could you could have because I came to an amicable ending with my landlord because I had a good relationship with that person. Right. I didn't mistreat the apartment. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I was a very good tenant. So. We came to an understanding, and we moved on. Whereas this clearly isn't happening. No, and if it, I think if it goes to court, which you're both saying it will, it's going to end up being a loss for both guys. I mean, it just it's how it's going to go. I mean, I don't think, I don't think in, in public perception, I don't think less of either one of these people because I don't blame them because, like you said, Noah isn't able to to play this year and pitch. Which, again, I go back to, that was all decided before any kind of lockdown or quarantine was even considered. So he cannot use that as a valid excuse. The landlord, on the other hand, can say, how am I going to lease this place out when everyone's supposed to be staying put? Like That honestly will affect, especially in Manhattan, in, in New York City area, where it was been hit especially hard. I can understand... The landlord being like, okay, well, I can't lease this. You knew the situation, and, and you still signed the lease. Now, I agree they should have sat down like adults and had the discussion and not brought it into the public eye because that doesn't benefit either one of them. But you don't get out of a contract because somebody wants to be nice. Like That's just not how the world works. And good business people don't let people out of contracts to be nice. No, but it's a good starting point to have a conversation. Yeah. Instead of jumping from, which seems clear, because we're going to put this on, we're going to put this in the media. You know, let's remember the landlord decided to start this. Is no one wanted to start here, and the landlord said, "No, no, no, we're just going to go right to court. We can't sit down and write grown-ups and have this conversation because we could. You could come to an ending where both sides are happy because." Let's just, let's face it. Noah's not going to get out of this 
scot-free. Right? He's, he's going to have to pay something because he is breaking a lease. But the landlord's not, there's no way he's going to get the full, the full payment of however much money it would be from I think like March to November. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Not with the, the atmosphere we're in. Cause I, I honestly, I don't know if it, I don't know if it was cause of the Tommy John, but it seems like both things are kind of happening uh, with Tommy John and the, uh, 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 coronavirus. Well, so, now, yeah. But, but you just, they're ju- just not, but neither one of them is going to win. So, no, it's better to have a conversation behind closed doors between the two of you and your lawyers, your armies of lawyers, because we know we need those, and come to an agreement, and then sign the agreement, and you get your money, and then now you have the opportunity to rent it. So even though maybe you get maybe you end up on four months rents. And now you can have that time to find a new person. Maybe you get that person in there a month or two months after you have that agreement. Well, now you're getting a bonus two months of payment on top of a new leaser. And I think you have to remember, if you're the landlord, this is Noah Syndergaard, a New York Met. You clearly rent to high-end individuals. Wrong or right, this landlord's not going to get good publicity on this in the public eye. And it might turn the entire team against him to say, yeah, we're not going to rent to you and we're not going to have anyone we know rent to you. So now you've, you've reduced your client base down. And maybe he doesn't have a client base problem. But he could potentially, with this story in the, in the headlines... And Noah Syndergaard can go toe-to-toe with him. I think the reality of it is, though, is, is people like you and I and the majority of people listening, we don't we don't play on a financial level that guys like Noah Syndergaard and that landlord probably do. So while it's going to hurt or help, wh- whatever your opinion is, in the eye towards the landlord, towards Noah Syndergaard, when it comes to people with that kind of money who are playing at that level, I don't think business being business and lawsuits affects them one way or the other. It comes down to what benefits them the most. That's why they get to where they get because they don't play on emotion. They play on numbers. I mean, I just think the landlord played the wrong numbers this time. I think based on the outlook of it, he should have kept his mouth shut, but who knows? We know what he said at first and we know what Noah Syndergaard responded with. We don't know what happened in the area in between there. And that's So it it would be interesting to know did he, did he, and I, I don't know anything of this, so this is all just speculation, did he try to contact Noah Syndergaard and Noah Syndergaard blew him off? Did he give an offer first and Noah countered with something less and he said, no, that doesn't work? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know the name of this landlord. I don't know anything about this guy. He, he, could be, he could be a really good guy who's just trying to make his most shrewd business decision possible, or he could be a total dirtbag with a bad history. We don't know because we don't have a name. Right. Either way... Even if he didn't release this information, do you really think there's anything that the media wouldn't find out? I mean, this would be out there eventually anyways. You're probably right. At some point there would have been. Um, Maybe after the fact. But but if it was after the fact, then it's a simple NDA. Oh, yeah. I mean, once that's done, Simple yeah. NDA yeah. between the both of them. That keeps Noah protected. That keeps that landlord protected because... Then the story doesn't get out, and and if you break an NDA, well, then you're you're someone's going to get hurt real quick uh, with a hefty price tag. So, who has better luck not paying their rent, Noah Syndergaard or the Oakland A's? You would think you would think the Oakland A's, wouldn't you? You would think they have much better history. Yeah, you think there'd be some kind of uh, exemption there for them until they can afford to pay, but. I guess not. Well, you know, if Noah Syndergaard can't stay in his Manhattan, uh, his Manhattan mini mansion, I know where he could stay. Where's that? He could stay at the minor league home of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, Pensacola. because that's in Florida, isn't it? That is in Florida, yeah, Pensacola, it's Florida. A perfect place. In an effort to recoup some money, apparently from not being able to have games there, they have put their stadium on Airbnb. What's up? And you can rent the stadium and stay there with up to ten people for fifteen hundred dollars a night. That's it? Uh, it's a lot for one person. 
But, you know, there'd be a couple of people who, I know a few people who, if you said, hey, get 10 of us together, we can go rent a baseball stadium for 150 bucks a person per night. Be pretty pretty down with that. If you stayed three or four days stay, that'd be a nice little mini vacation. Apparently, hell. apparently, yeah. there is a, a sleeping area mm-hmm. that sleeps up to 10 in, in the office area of the stadium. Uh, guests can use the field for anything from batting practice to playing games, if you can play baseball five-on-five. Five. Um, anything anything else, it, it straight up says, anything your, uh, your creativity or imagination can think of. Uh, I, I'll, they I, should they should kind of... Yeah, there is a disclaimer as long as there's no destruction caused to the field or the stadium. And there will be a staff member on site for security and other purposes just to make sure if somebody says, hey, can we do this here? He can go, uh, no, that's a violation. But think, that's kind of cool. I mean, you can you can fifteen hundred dollars. I mean, it seems like I said steep price for one person. But if you got a group of ten friends together and you said, hey, under five hundred bucks, we can go spend a long weekend there. And I guess it, they've been doing everything they possibly can while this is all going on to make money. So it's a cool idea. I mean, I mean it really is. You got to get creative at this point. Yeah, because you could either you could either be one of those teams that sits there and just okay, well, we're gonna furlough these people. We're gonna lay these people off to try to save money. These people are going to get um, take pay cuts. Or, option B, you can find new and creative ways to bring revenue in to people that have the disposable income at this time to spend the money and maybe not have to furlough X number of people, not have to terminate X number of people. Maybe you don't have to take such a severe pay cut, but... You know, some people just aren't that creative. I can I can name a few um, out in eastern Boston who, or eastern Massachusetts who don't think creatively. But well, it, here's the thing, though. I mean, you really couldn't put, and I know you mean John Henry, yes, in Red Sox ownership. Yes, I do. This really only works with minor league stadiums. Yeah, but I, I'm not I'm not like pinpointing it to an Airbnb. I mean, be more creative and and try to. Try to think of new ways where you can take your stadium and try to generate revenue. And maybe you can have a movie night for 100 people or 10 people and charge them X number of dollars. Crazy, but X number of dollars. And you put them up on the big screen at Fenway Park. You know? And you you don't charge crazy dollars, but you make it reasonable, but you make it so you can have some sustained income in and you know i mean wouldn't it be cool if take your point fifteen hundred dollars for 10 people to go watch a movie on in family park on that big screen it might be a nice thought and i'm just spitballing off the cuff yeah there's so much other things you could do that maybe you just turn on turn over every rock just to try to get some income into the park so that you don't have to do all these pay cuts and furloughs and put people out of business put people out on the on the street and looking for a job. I, I completely understand what you're trying to say, so don't don't take this as me trying to be contrarian. Because I'll do that plenty, admittedly, but this isn't one of those times. I just think when it comes down to the major league stadiums. There is so much money and necessity, uh, just manpower needed to keep those running, that if you were going to have 10 or 100 people there for a night just to watch a movie or, or whatever the case may be, I just don't think the logistics of that makes sense to the point where they would even do it. Because then you're talking, obviously you don't need full concessions, but if you're going to have a movie night, you're going to want some kind of concession. So you're hiring that person you got to have security. You're going to be hiring those people. It's almost to the point where it's like, okay, not even worth it. Now, if you have a bigger event where people could watch from the outside, that I could understand. But as far as people being in the stadiums, I just find, I find it hard to believe that they would not be able to have fans in to watch games, but they'd have fans in to watch movies. And I get what you're saying, but that would just be one more dynamic you could add in and go, well, we could do this. Why can't we do that? I think having a series of concerts there would be cool. 
having I mean, anything. I mean, just something. But something creative. That, something, yeah. That, that generates revenue in a way that you're allowed to. So I put it out there as a movie night, but that's just to generate thought. It's like, okay, we can't do this, but what can we do? And you start generating those ideas instead of just sit there and like, okay, well, we're going to cut money here. We're going to cut it here, 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 here. Okay, bottom line, now it's still it's still in the red, but it's not as red now. Right. Whereas you're not being creative. Whereas the the team in Pensacola is like, we know what we have to do, and we got to try to stay out of the red. So we're going to do these little things that we can do. And yes, advantageous because they are small. They're a minor league facility. They don't need as much. And they can charge X, and maybe they just need one person there to be on guard, or maybe they have one person at a time, and there's people rotating in, and maybe that's enough. But you still have to you have to generate some thought in trying to have revenue so people don't have to go jobless. Right. So that you can maintain your staff, because I brought this point up before. If you let all your ticket people go, all your concession people go, all your security people go, and then they don't play this year, and then they do play next year, now you have to go get them. Yeah, good luck with that. What if they're not available? Yep. Because they said, I need to go get another job. And Robert said over at 1PP, why don't you come work for that's, me? That's, that's Spanish people who don't understand. What do you... One PP? One, uh, one Patriot place. And Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft is the owner of the Patriots. We're not all inside your head, man. Sorry. Sorry. I just... I assume by now that people know what I'm referring to. Well, we like, we like new listeners, too. So maybe new people well, may not know also. Fair so. point. But that's... I get what you're saying, though, yeah. My point is, is that I, we know how One Patriot place is built. And it seems like it's built to more than just a football stadium. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there seems to be an opportunity, and I believe, that Robert and Jonathan, Jonathan being his son, would have plans in place in the event that they do not open, which I don't believe. I believe they will open. But if they don't, and but they can generate some income because, again, this is another scenario where it's not just the crafts that rely on the football stadium because you go down that, uh, what is it? I, it's not I-90, is it? No, no it's, it's not 90. It's, it's, I don't remember that route. I apologize. Someone in central or eastern Massachusetts can tell me what it is. I want to say it's 495 or 95. But anyways. But that corridor right there that leads up to the stadium, a lot of people there rely on, what would you say, 500 to thousand dollars in parking for what to park in their business house oh dude i mean if you're talking if you're talking a business that i think the cheapest parking i've ever seen there for a game is like 40 bucks right so i mean if you have if you're if you have 100 parking spots right there you're talking four thousand right because i can do math that would do a calculator there either guys no calculator or abacus. That was all off the top of my old the old noggin. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, if you got a couple hundred spots, and you charge more, even I mean, there's places there that make. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. If there's places there that make five, ten grand just in parking, just in parking hotels. One of the last games I went to, I think I went five, five, six years ago. I went to a Jets Patriots game, and we this hotel had parking. It was sixty dollar parking, about a half mile from the stadium. I swear they must have had two, three hundred spots. They just had a massive field behind the hotel, and that's 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 income that I mean it isn't hurting right now because the season's not going on. Right. But but that's I mean that's, yeah, that's revenue they won't have. That's what, and that's what Robert built, and that's the point he built it is to be a kind of a hub for the team and for the the area. But he also has a responsibility as the owner of that team and that area to also understand that him not being able to open affects that entire corridor right down into Patriot Place. 
And he's he, I believe he would be someone to say, okay, we can't if we can't open until October first, then September, if we're if we don't have if we had two games in September at home games, we need to do something to try to generate. Okay, because you know he generates on the off season, Stadi- uh, um concerts and all that. Oh stuff. yeah, so. He'll do something. And if you go around Fenway Park, like they close it off, but there are tons of businesses around Fenway Park. They're just not getting business right now. And not only because they're not open, but, yeah, the majority of them are live big time on game days. The thing I think that uh, the Patriots, uh, one Patriot place has over the outside of Fenway, is like you said, Robert Kraft has brought in businesses that appeal to more than just football fans. You could be a non-football fan. Yeah, it's obviously very football-centric. It's the focal point. But you could walk around there as a non-football fan and still be amused for hours, whether restaurants, shops, anything you can imagine. There's a movie theater there. I mean, there's a lot of things you can use to bring people in just in the stores they have there that don't have anything to do with football. So once everything starts opening up again, you're going to have revenue and people to that area, whereas you're going to struggle a bit more in Boston without people going to Sox games because it's a much bigger area. And also, think about Foxborough, too. I think I've said before, that's a very quiet, um, very quiet, non-assuming town with the exception of 8 to 10 Sundays mm-hmm. or, you know, Mondays or Thursdays, depending on what day the game is. That's the 8 to 10 game days a year. Very, very quiet place. Mm-hmm. It only gets nuts on game day. So, I mean, you're going to be far more comfortable going to a place like that than you will be Boston, which, let's, let's face it, major cities, Boston, New York, other ones. I know there's more than that, but I've, I've only actually, actually been to those, those uh, you know, during games. They're not exactly always the cleanest places. No, they're not. So you're going to have a hard time getting people into areas like that, as opposed to a place like Gillette or, um, I don't know, even minor league stadiums. Minor league stadiums usually out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, the Woosox will be in uh, central uh, Worcester. Right. I saw where Some. Gonna, because I, a lot of minor I, league I stadiums. I saw where I mean. Worcester, the, the Worcester um, Red Sox are going to be. They're right in the middle of uh, what they're, when the stadium's done. It's in a central part of the City. So All right. Well, that's a bad it's example. Gonna get, that's a bad example. But I mean, a lot of these places yeah. are, are are out. I don't know. Middle of nowhere might not have been the right way to say it. But they're not in. They're not in New York City. They're not in downtown Boston. No. So I mean, you're going to have a little bit easier time getting people out there to those games. But I thought that was a cool idea. And hats off to them for thinking of a a, a safe and fun way to try to get some revenue while they can't play. But let's move on to the NHL. That's something we have said very, very seldom during the course of the show. About the time we switched to sports, though, was about the time everything shut down. So there yes. was very little NHL news. But they apparently have, as of a few weeks ago, come up with a potential playoff format. Yeah. What they what they did was they have a the, – the NHLPA has approved to have further conversations – about the 2014 return to play format to determine the 2020 Stanley Cup. So, effectively, the NHL regular season would be over. Right. And they take 24 teams and put them into the playoffs. Well, they had, what, like five or six games left in the regular season, anyway? Yeah, it was a handful. Like that. No, yeah. It was negligible, but they wanted extended from uh, 16 to 24 to get those teams that were on the bubble an opportunity to make the playoffs. Okay. It's a pretty, pretty interesting, the, the top four seeds in each conference, we get a, essentially a bye, and then uh, best of five play-in series between the rest of them would lead you to a normal, then a normal 16-team uh, format. Okay. So, it'll be, it'll be interesting uh, they had a long conference call on Thursday to discuss the format, and then they voted on it. Um, so they voted to have continued negotiations. 
So they they voted to not resolve anything. They 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 voted to continue the conversations at least. So they, there's they're not at a standstill. They're not MLB. They're a little bit yeah. farther. They're a little bit farther ahead. Uh, they just have to com- uh, find common ground on some of the issues on um, testing, safety, uh, player protection. The plus is is that uh, NHL is in phase two, where little groups of, of players can work out together. Okay. That just started. There is zero timetable for how long it's Oh, you mean be. they find healthy people and they don't force them to stick by themselves? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That's logic. Um, so it's it's interesting. Uh, it gives the opportunity for some teams that were just on the outside a chance to, to actually make it. Because uh, in reality, with five or six games left, some of these teams could have made it. They're on the bubble. They could have gotten it, there. One or two of them could have potentially made it, depending on injuries, getting streaky. You could. You absolutely could. Um, so it gives them an opportunity to... To possibly get in it and um, gets a lot more fan bases involved. I think it's interesting. I'd like to see it happen. Um, the the one issue is obviously uh, the Canadian U.S. border. Yeah, is closed. There's quite a few players that um, would not be able to make it because they're discussing. There's I think it's nine, eight or nine locations are under discussion. And Vegas being, as we've discussed before, the uh, favorite to be the location where they would play. So That's smart on the NHL, too, who has not always been the best at marketing and trying to make money where there's money to be made to say, hey, we're going to have 24 teams instead of the standard amount. Right. And we're going to have more fan bases interested. Because then they can make gear that is has you know the playoff the playoff logo the Stanley Cup logo on it for you know how they do for baseball every year every team has their little phrase and then for that first round they're selling hoodies and sweatshirts and hats and all this stuff and I never honestly saw the point and this isn't trying to say you know as, as a as a guy who's been lucky enough to have his team wins a lot of championships as a guy who's been lucky enough to see his team win a lot of championships this is just. I never saw the point of buying anything other than a championship hat, jersey, whatever. I never saw the point. Like, why? Why would you buy a, a division championship hat? It, like, as a reminder to you that your team made it no further than that. I mean, I guess if you've been a fan of a team for twenty, thirty years and they didn't win anything, and all of a sudden they won the division, you'd be real proud about that. And that's cool. And if that's your thing, it's not not knocking you. You know, that's for me. It just doesn't make sense. You're there to win, win the whole thing. I didn't go out in 2007 and buy a Patriots 16 and 0 uh, jersey or, or uh, I keep saying jersey, I mean hoodie, because they had them out there. 16 and 0 regular season. Yeah, but who cares? Who gives a damn they went 16 and 0? I don't think about that season at all when it comes down to the, the best seasons that they've had because they didn't get the job done. You know, oh, they had such, such a great year offensively. Yeah, and then they lost you know, a couple of years, uh, was it three years ago? They lost to the Eagles. Oh yeah, great game, but they lost. Who cares? Like, why am I going to go buy that stuff to remind me, to keep continuously remind myself they didn't get the job done? But some people will buy it. Yeah, and there's things there to market. So good on them for having 24 fan bases who are going to buy things as opposed to 16 to try to make up for a lot of revenue they've lost. So that's good. And I mean, I guess if they can be in agreement on it, that that's good too. But well, they're 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 progressing. Yeah, they're working on it. You know, I do feel for them in the sense of it's much harder for them to find a place to play. What I mean by that is, realistically, if you couldn't find a current stadium or anything, you wanted to play baseball or football, just find a big field somewhere, rent a bulldozer and flatten it out, put the markings up, and you could play there. I mean, I know that's a little extreme, but in theory, you could. Right. The NHL, you have to have. You have to have certain climate and conditions. Yeah. And that makes this thing a whole lot harder, especially if you're in an area where the team's from that does not want to open up, whether it's just, uh, you know, not feeling like it's safe right now or stubbornness, whatever the case may be, 
Whatever your opinion is on that, it is your opinion, that's fine. But if you're from a place that has a stadium, but, oh, nobody can be near it. Okay, well, we can't use that. They can't just play out in a field. You're getting to the warmer months, so now a lot of other options that could have been possible where, hey, we'll just get this parking lot and flatten this out and put some ice there in play. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's not really possible. Not like, and I know these are kind of you know examples that wouldn't really happen, but I'm just kind to say, like, they don't have the options that some of the other leagues have. I mean, it's got to make it tougher on them, but, I mean, good for them for at least thinking outside the box and trying to get some extra revenue. But And they're not really, like... Think of this, they got like 80, 85% of their season in. So they did, they were able to get a good portion. Oh yeah, yeah, they weren't, yeah, they weren't like baseball. Them in the NBA, so it's really the MLB that's take, is is taking a bath because it looks like the NFL will start on time and there's confidence that they will be able to play a full season Albeit probably not in front of fans, so they will take a little bit of a hit, but they'll generate content, they'll generate ad re- uh, revenue, they'll be able to hold up their end of the bargain on some of the, the uh, TV deals, radio deals, whereas MLB just, it's... MLB's their own worst enemy. It's darker and darker worst by enemy. the day. Yeah, they, 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 cannot conti- they, they can't stop stepping on their own tail. So, so, so you want to, I guess, bring up the uh, fact that the MLB is making, or not MLB, uh, NBA is actually making some progress, right? Yeah. Uh, where are they going to be playing? Well, the the new, the new idea. I don't know if this has been approved or even discussed with the, the you know players union and and and, uh, and owners or whatever they have to do to get things passed. But supposedly. They are discussing playing in Orlando at the Walt Disney World Wide World of Sports Complex. And I have to tell you, man, as someone who has been there and seen that complex and seen the surrounding area, this this couldn't be a better idea. First of all, it's it, it's in Disney World, so there is a ton of land around it that is not public public domain. So they wouldn't have to worry about people getting in and uh, causing them problems or whatever. You have the security of Disney World because you know, despite not being open, Disney World still has their security staff on to make sure nobody's getting into the parks and getting themselves hurt. They have all the hotels and all the transportation that Disney World would have to offer, which can handle their entire park, all four of their parks, whatever, any venues they have, being full on any given day. So you can certainly can handle... You know, just the number of people in the NBA. You could house everybody on the property. You could feed everybody on the property. You'd have to have very little outside interaction. Obviously, anybody who's in there playing would already would be checked, um, had health screenings to make sure they weren't suffering any kind of symptoms. And if they weren't, there's countless places they can go and just clear their head. Hmm. You know, get some time to themselves if they need to. To be quite honest... If everybody is healthy, there's even the option they could bring their families down there. Obviously, the kids couldn't be riding on rides and stuff of that nature. But they could be there in a beautiful area that's well-maintained, that's safe, that's secluded. And there would be more than enough room for everybody. Like I could go on and on and on for 20 minutes, honestly, about the reasons this is a good idea. But I'll tell you what, man. If they don't agree to this being the, the players' union and, and the NBA owners, if they can't agree on this, then they just don't want to play because they will not find a better location than this. Sure. Baseball should have done this two months ago. But shouldn't, shouldn't Adam Silver just pick up the phone and call LeBron James and just end it that way? I mean, isn't LeBron James the end-all, be-all with the players? I don't know why LeBron has nothing to do with that. Because he's the end-all, be-all with the players. Why are you so bitter towards LeBron today? Nice. What did LeBron do to you? Nothing. He's just... He's you're all just... talking him up with the last episode with the whole Bregman thing, yeah, and now you're like, oh, LeBron, bear. I, I just don't like how he orchestrates some things. It, it, it kind of turns me the wrong way. Oh. I could see I could see this working. I'm not, I don't have the knowledge you have of the uh, Disney complex. I've I never been there. But it looks like... See, this... 
this is why this looks good for the NBA because they're they're giving you markers. We're set. We're looking at a June first to recall players, two to three weeks for workouts, and potentially starting games end of July, before the end of July. So, the, is there a hard and fast timetable? No, but you can start to see glimmer of hope for a playoff, right? Where you're looking at the month of August as you'll find an NBA champion, and then they'll start in December. And then they'll see how the pattern's working, and maybe December will be the permanent start for the play for NBA. Since, obviously, running up against the uh, NFL for October and November really doesn't work out for you. But it, it's, it's, like you said earlier, the NBA's farther along than the NHL, which is 100% true, because they're... They're giving you timetables of, of where we might be at for the next next week, two weeks from now, three weeks from now, a month from now. And you might you can start seeing a gradual turn towards having actual live sports. And NHL is behind them. I wouldn't say it's too too far behind them. But you know who's completely left in the dust is Baseball. MLB. Baseball, so, MLB, the team, the the people who've been talking the longest and the, and, most. And, and the most and getting absolutely nowhere are still in the same place. No, man, uh, when it comes to infrastructure, just general capabilities of facilities, I mean, these guys would, I mean, this is just such a good idea. I know I just said that, and I know I said I would stop talking about it, but I'm going to keep going because uh, I'm controlling the record button. And, that is you know, true. <laughs> I mean, there you go. What am I going to do? I don't mean you. I mean, because I know we, we could talk about this all night. That's how we started this podcast. We usually did talk about sports for hours on then, and we figured, hey, let's just record it. Why not? So, I mean, I mean you're talking, I mean, not only just the actual facilities to play the game, but practice facilities, workout facilities. They have the... Uh, the capabilities already in place, and it, and the infrastructure to, like I said, house these guys, to feed these guys, to bring in whatever they need from the outside and make sure it's clean and sanitary. They don't have to have any access to the outside, but at the same point, it's not like, it's not like they're just they're stuck in one hotel, and you have to have security around to make sure nobody gets it and they can't leave. If you're having your health screenings and you're and you're healthy and there's no issues, you have so much room. Disney's complex is bigger than the state of Rhode Island. So, and that's not an exaggeration. Look up the, the square miles. That's real. Um, obviously, a lot of that is swamp where you wouldn't want to be walking around. But that's my point. Like, nobody's going to get to them. They're not going to be in any danger. They're going to have room to, to spread their legs and walk around when, when they're not practicing or playing. And hell, they're all friends to begin with That's anyway. the thing. They're going to have internet access. It's not like they're all going to be secluded. I mean, they're going to be secluded from the standard of people not being able to physically get to them, which is what they want in this situation. But they're not going to be secluded from the outside world. They're going to have internet. They're going to have the, t- the capabilities to air all these uh, games on TV, and they're not going to have to change a whole hell of a lot. It's going to—it's a perfect scenario. I mean, if they, like I said, if they don't do this, it's just because they don't want to play. It's—it's because it's they don't want to do it. But I think I think the play the NBA players seem to want to play. It seems that way. They want a championship. They want to know. They—they they want I, a the result. I, I get it's—it's it's an unfair comparison between the NBA and the NHL. And Major League Baseball, because NBA and NHL played a majority of their regular season. And they're zeroing in on having their playoffs. So they'll get 90 to 95% of their entire season done without taking too much loss. And MLB hasn't played a single regular season game yet. So I get it's an unfair comparison, and MLB is probably not going to play at all in front of fans this year. But it's the progress you're making, because NBA players are the most outspoken and out-in-front players of all four sports. Right. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I mean that as a... Most interactive. Positive, negative, both... 
in between, neutral. They're they're the most fan interactive mm-hmm. uh, players out of all four sports, and yet the most boisterous ones have been the major league baseball players. Unfortunately for them, so you just you just want to see some progress from major league baseball, which I don't think you're going to see. I'll stand by the the comments I made is that the this season's done. Yeah, it needs to be because they're not getting anywhere. And I I see I'm seeing NBA in July. I'm seeing NHL. There's they're not putting a timetable on it, which is fine. You don't want to do it, don't don't do it. But I'm seeing NHL end of June. And and if you think, well, if if NBA starts July and and NHL starts end of June, July, won't their playoffs coincide? Yeah, they do anyway. Yeah, they're they're used to this. Right. Both leagues are used to this. Um. And and if I'm the NBA and NHL, and I get these plans, I do. I handle my own business first, and I get these plans all situated. Now we have a conversation together. And say, hey, let's let's line up the schedule. Because they're going to have off days in between. Oh, sure, yeah. Let's let's see if we can't work this out. Right. Obviously, there's going to be a crossover. But I cross all the sports. Not everyone does. Right. So some people watch NBA. Some people will watch NHL. Some people don't watch either. Some watch both. But they'll have the conversations, which I think sometimes they do anyway. And... Not every NBA team, every team has an AHL team in their city, and vice versa. Case in point, there's seven teams in uh, Canada. There's only one NBA team. So they're used to having this crossover in their playoffs. So that's a yeah, it's not a factor. It's a zero factor yeah, for no, me. Not at all. It would behoove both of them to have a conversation to say, "Hey, can we?" Line up where there's a few days where we have days off in your plane and then vice versa. But I think that it just tells you that we're going to have a NBA Finals, we're going to have a Stanley Cup Finals. We're not even going to have an M- MLB season. You know the funny thing, man? If teams were using their head, more people would have gone to Disney about this stuff earlier. Because I don't know offhand how many baseball diamonds are out the wide world of the sports complex. But I know the entire reason I went there. I was there, uh, oh, God, how many years ago now? But as a teenager, I went. And me and my father went to watch the Atlanta Braves spring training, which at the time, and it may still be, I don't know, at the time was held at the wide world of the sports complex. And there was no there was no big names there or anything at the time. It was very early spring training, so you had a lot of your people who were trying to make the roster there. It wasn't wasn't you didn't, we weren't seeing Chipper Jones and Greg Maddox, um, but no, I mean, I don't know if they have any actual rinks there. I would think if it's the wide world of sports complex, they would. Uh, but I mean, you could have a situation where you have the capabilities from an infrastructure standpoint to host everybody from all three sports. You have those capabilities. You have thousands and thousands and thousands of people go through there on a daily basis. You could easily house all the players from the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NHL and have the facilities to support them and alternate a schedule without a problem. Even if you said to MLB, if they have 10 diamonds, you play three games a day, you play a 40-game season, then you play your playoffs. NBA NBA and NHL, he said they could get together and, and kind of... Uh, figure out a schedule where they wouldn't be stepping on each other's toes to benefit both leagues so fans weren't trying to choose. Let me tell you something. Once live sports are back on TV, they're going to get ratings. They're going to get eyeballs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is going to be more advertising dollars for the league, so that's better. So it would behoove all of them to work together. But Major League Baseball, despite, I believe, already having a team that practices there, or, uh, excuse me, has spring training there, uh, just appears to be going nowhere fast. Whereas the NBA and NHL could both say, we're going to come to the same facilities. And it wouldn't even have to intermingle. It's There's that much space there. It, it, it just... It works. It is a great idea. Which so, is probably why baseball won't do it. 
I have a uh, information for you. Okay, what's that? You have four professional baseball fields and a half field used for drills. Okay. You also have uh, six fields that uh, dominate fast pitch and slow pitch softball. I believe you could probably alter those if you needed to. That's what I was going to say. You have the four pro fields already. You could easily alter it. With the kind of money baseball has Mm -hmm. and the kind of resources not only baseball but Disney has and the land around that area, you could very much convert a few of those and just make a few other ones where they wouldn't have to inter, you know, intermingle or worry about, you know, hitting a ball into another field. You could play three or four games a day. Probably, I'd say probably three realistically on each field, have 10 fields. Yeah. Actually, you wouldn't even need that. If you play three games a day, you wouldn't need 10 fields. You could probably make two or three more, play three games a day and you'd be good. You could have your 60, 70, 80 game season over the course of a few months. And it, it's there's a lot here, man. There's a there's a lot to do there, man. I'm just scratching the surface of what's here, and it's there is when I when I see when I told you there was resources and infrastructure and everything there to support it, they will have no problem accommodating all of those players. They they accommodate the rookie league, the golf copes league, and fall instructional leagues for baseball. Yes. So, you. This is the place to you're go. Pretty much set up already. Yeah. This would have been the move. With NBA kind of making their way towards that, this might not be accessible for MLB. If they feel like, A, there will be too many people in that one location, and two, if they need to support the arena by utilizing some of the space. So you're right. This would have been intelligent of MLB to get out in front and say, where are we going to play? Where are we going to do? Because if they could have gotten everything else cleaned up, say we got we got the safety concerns cleaned up. This is where we're going to play. This is how like you get all that stuff, and MLB and and the union agree to it, and say okay, now we're going to sit down and and work on compensation, and that's the only thing we have left, and that's what we're going to focus on, and we're going to leave it behind the closed doors. We're going to have that conversation behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. You agree to have it behind closed doors, we'll agree to have it. And it won't get out in the media. And it's it, it's Manford, it's Tony Clark, the lawyers, and that's it. Yeah. And Tony Clark has a conversation with the players, and he tells his play, the players, be quiet, let me deal with this, don't go on your Twitch streams and start spouting off stuff, because that's just not going to help. And And maybe you come to some sort of agreement. Otherwise... What's happening is what's happening right now. And if they count this as a service year, Mookie Betts will have never played for the L.A. Dodgers. <laughs> That's something. And now teams have to look at certain players and say, well, you've now lost the season. Are you going to get as much money as you thought you were going to get when you were, became a free agent? Probably not. If a, if a trade falls in the offseason and no one's there to play it, does it really make a difference? No, it doesn't. I'm yeah. sorry. There you go. I'm sorry. Well, let's move on. Uh, a bit of unfortunate news. Yes, unfortunately. Uh, uh, former Utah Jazz head coach and Chicago Bulls player, NBA Hall of Famer and legend, Jerry Sloan passed away, I believe, on Saturday. Uh, he had some complications from Parkinson's, I believe, and some issues with dementia. Really not... Not a great last few years for Mr. Sloan, uh, but I don't remember him as a player. That was before my time. Before I remember him as a Jazz head coach, though, standing on the sidelines. Went to the NBA championships, I believe, ninety-seven to ninety-eight, or excuse me, NBA finals, ninety-seven to ninety-eight. And um, unfortunately yeah. for him, that was they ran into the the buzzsaw that was the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls. But man, he was he was a presence on the sideline, and I, I hear. From from what I've heard from people who saw him play, he was he was a defensive guy, which you don't so much see anymore. But um, I, I I didn't know a whole lot about him, but I mean, just his list of accomplishments is very impressive. Yes. So uh, it, it's sad to see him go, but um, you know, rest in peace, Mister Sloan. And uh, anything anything else right. on that, Ben? He got in the he inducted the Hall of Fame in '09. Uh, 
60, 600 winning percentage in the regular season. He's, I mean, fourth in regular, fourth all-time regular games, fourth regular season games, fourth in regular season wins, fourth in playoff games, sixth in playoff wins. Unfortunately, never got that championship, like you said. Went up against that uh, Jordan Jordan team twice. It, it's, it, it just, it sucks that he never got there. Yeah. And won the championship. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was a good coach. Um, I didn't follow the Utah Jazz, but you knew Jerry Sloan when you, you saw him on TV. Um, very synonymous with the Utah Jazz, and he will be missed. I think that's uh, just about it. We're having a, a couple of topics we've been disagreeing on, so it appears as though another episode of Sports Court will be occurring sooner rather than later. But we wanted to throw it out to you guys. Anything that you guys can think of, that would make a, a fun topic to really pick apart. We want your thoughts, your ideas, your suggestions, any other word you can throw in there that means the same thing. So we would like to pick those apart and dissect those topics, especially if Ben and I disagree. We could easily agree on it and still pick it apart. Right. But it'd be a lot more fun if him and I were on opposite ends of it. And we, and we don't want to do that uh, if it's not authentic. Right. Like The, the whole baseball sports court was, was fun because... He and I really had opposing viewpoints. Well, because baseball's dead. Just go back and listen. I don't have to prove it. I mean, <laughs> Ben is just, he's, he's hanging on to that that three-word phrase. So that's fine. Let him have it. I'm just like Cliff Kellerman. I'm just going to hang on to it. What three-word phrase is more likely to happen? Is baseball is dead or Michigan is good? Baseball is dead. And, I mean, the, the, the football team. I've never been to the state. I don't know the state. I'm talking all about right, sports. Right. I understood what you were getting at. You were taking a... A slight yeah, well, I don't want any accusation. Oh, Chris is bashing, bashing Michigan. I've never been there, so I, <laughs> I'm meeting the school because I'm making fun of Ben. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us. We hope you guys enjoy the show. And as always, we would love to hear your opinion or suggestions on any of our current or potential future topics. And Ben, where can they do that? Uh, you hit us up on Twitter at BCTSpod or hit us up on Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. All right, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. We would ask you... If you enjoy the show, do please suggest it to a friend or acquaintance of some sort. And we hope each and every one of you are staying safe and healthy. And we will see you right back here Friday morning. Thank you.